You're listening to the Thank God for Nostra podcast. Welcome to the Thank God for Nostra podcast. My name is Jordan Bush. I'm the head of content and education at TGFB Media. John, why don't you introduce yourself? Yeah, I'm John. I'm also known as Hollabot. I'm the developer of the Coracle.social Nostra client. And this is episode six of the Thank God for Nostra podcast. Can you believe it, John? Six podcasts. I can't believe it. Uh, it's took us so long to get through introductory material. <laughs> it's, it's how it is. You know, it's how it should be. We work on the foundation first and then we move on. So, uh, yes, so let's see here. So today, John, why don't you introduce our, our Bible verse for this episode? Yeah. So today I was thinking of reading Matthew 15 verses 10 through 20. Uh, when he had called the multitude to himself, he said to them, hear and understand not what goes into the mouth defiles a man, but what comes out of the mouth, this defiles a man. Then his disciples came and said to him, do you know that the Pharisees were offended when they heard this saying? But he answered and said, every plant which my heavenly father has not planted will be uprooted. Let them alone. They're blind leaders of the blind. And if the blind leads the blind, both will fall into a ditch. Then Peter answered and said to him, explain this parable to us. So Jesus said, are you also still without understanding? Do you not yet understand that whatever enters the mouth goes into the stomach and is eliminated? But those things which proceed out of the mouth come from the heart, and they defile a man. For out of the heart proceed evil thoughts, murders, adulteries, fornications, thefts, false witness, blasphemies. These are the things which defile a man. But to eat with unwashed hands does not defile a man. All right, and John, there may be some people who just listened to that and thought, that's a great verse. What on earth? Why <laughs> why read that verse today? So why don't you kind of unpack that for people? Yeah, well, uh, the reason I thought of this one is uh, one of the things about Noster is that there's not really a reliable way to delete stuff. And um, that's just like a good reminder that what you say uh, can't be unsaid. Even if there's a, a delete button, we talked about this uh, last time, but um, even if there's a delete button, what you say is what you said, and it goes into the ears of the people who hear, and it affects them. Uh, words are for building people up and uh, not for tearing people down, um, but it also is, it affects the person who speaks as well. Mm. So, you know, when we're talking about social media, um, it's important to always have that in mind, that uh, and, you know, as we record a podcast, uh, it's good to have that in mind too, right? Um, what we say is uh, is something that um, uh, affects we who who speak those words. Mm-hmm. Um, if, if the words that come out of our mouths aren't sanctified, uh, we're defiling ourselves and we put ourselves in a risky place. You know, the book of James uh, talks about how we are going to be judged for what we say as well. Uh, it's not just the people who are affected who are listening. It's God who's listening. So we need to guard our mouths, uh, both uh, both when we speak and when we type things into social media. And um, I just came across this this verse this morning and and thought that was appropriate for today. So, yeah, it it man, good choice. Um, it, it really is. We've talked about this in in one of the intro episodes, just about the about speech and the reality that with the we social media can can give us a false view of the way that the world works where we have effectively unlimited the un- and uh, the ability to communicate an unlimited amount of information or you know the and the ability to delete that information afterwards and so 
at, you know, in this way, Nostra is more like the real world than, uh, you know, than normal social media, uh, make the world out to be. So I think that's interesting. Um, what's, I appreciate that, John. Thank you. Uh, let's hop right into the episode. Um, so we have up to this point talked a lot about, and, you know, laid a, a good foundation, I would say for both why Nostra exists, um, the relevant issues that are at play, the threats, uh, we've talked about potential, um, pushback, we, you know, different pushbacks that people could give as far as, you know, why, why Nostra might not be great. Uh, but up to this point, again, it's been pretty theoretical. Uh, we haven't really gotten down into the nuts and bolts of, okay, I'm convinced, you know, what do I do now? And so that's what we want to do today. Um, is there anything you want to add to that, John? No, man, I think you, you set it up well, uh, today. So yeah, so let's, let's hop into, you know, what to expect and, you know, what, what do you do? How does somebody get started on Nostr? Yeah. So, uh, the first thing to do is like kind of set some expectations. Uh, so a lot of the software on Nostr is still a work in progress. Most of it is less than a year old. Uh, I think Domus might be just tipping over a year at this point. Um, and you know, software takes a lot of time to build. So, uh, if you're an early adopter kind of person, that's not going to bother you too much. But if you're, uh, less of an early adopter, um, it's just kind of, kind of good to know, uh, as you get your hands dirty. So, um, I had a list of a couple of things that, um, are, that make Nostra different from other, uh, social media, um, in terms of like a user experience. So, uh, point one is moderation. Right now, there is not a lot of moderation, um, and that's that's kind of by the nature of Noster, right? Um, yeah. It's not a centralized protocol, so there's no centralized authority of authority to say what can and cannot be on the platform. So as a result, everything is on the platform. Yeah. Now there's there is moderation um, in effect. You know, people can flag their own posts, people can report other people's posts, and everyone uh, you know follows certain people. And you can also mute certain people. So there is some user control right now. It's just really basic. Um, yeah. The the client that does the most for moderation right now is Amethyst. So if you are more concerned about that and you want content that's flagged uh, and you have an Android phone, go uh, get started with Am- Amethyst. Um, but basically, you know, the main takeaway here is like avoid global feeds. <laughs> for the most part, if you are following a, a like a list of people you're not going to run into a lot of problems as far as content, but global feeds are, you know, tons of Chinese and Japanese texts. Uh, there's, there's some pornography on there. Um, yeah. You know, there's just, there's, if you don't want to see things that you don't want to see, like just yeah. don't click on the global feeds. So that's, that's like kind of caution number one. Um, but if you stay out of that area, like generally it, it's pretty good. Yeah. And so, yeah. So is that, and is that something you see, I mean, advancing with time or is this designed to be kind of a wild west forever? Uh, you know, what, what are your thoughts on that? Yeah. Well, it's kind of both. It's like, is it's sort of a, uh, like a, it's a freedom project. And so, um, you know, it's anti-censorship and Christians aren't the only people who get censored. Uh, people yep. who post nasty stuff get censored as well. So yep. you're gonna have, uh, the, the protocol is going to attract those kind of people, whether they're pornographers or they're just, you know, Nazis or communists or whatever it might be. Yep. Um, that stuff is going to exist. And right now we're in this tiny 
tiny stage where a lot of this is all close together because everyone has this common interest in Noster, over time, the network is going to partition into different uh, different bits and pieces, different echo chambers and that kind of thing. So this sure. objectionable content is going to get more and more remote for, from the sphere that you're interested in getting into. Um, the tools for moderation are really basic right now too. So there's not a lot you can do because uh, the software just doesn't do the analysis that it needs to do, whether sure. it's content analysis or whether it's social graph analysis. Um, the clients just kind of do their best to pull the data that you want to see and then show that, but it's not very sophisticated yet. So as we get farther on with, uh, you know, spam prevention and, uh, you know, web of trust sort of analysis, it's going to get a lot uh, more manageable. And so it, it's kind of, well, it's kind of an interesting like tension, right? Uh, it's, it's freedom software, but yep. Uh, there are there are rules for speech that are good, and we've talked about a lot of those things. So um, finding a way to uh, allow yourself and the people around you to be edified um, without uh, without stomping on what other people's idea of that is, you know. And of Christians, as Christians, we have this like we have the idea of of an objective morality that everyone should adhere to, but mm -hmm. legislating morality is also not really our business. It's, uh, you know, it's, it's a, it's a tricky place to be. One thing I was thinking about too, is, you know, I have no control over what people say using my software, but if you've ever read Neil Postman, he introduced the idea of the medium is the message. So, you know, as a developer, I have the ability to create a medium that at least encourages, um, a different kind of message, uh, to yeah. get out there. So that's, uh. I guess it's just a matter of like recognizing your role and your responsibility. Are you responsible for yourself? Are you responsible for other people? Yes and yes, but in different ways. Yeah, I think that is important. It's important to think about, this comes back to thinking about why you're using these tools. The scriptures talk about how everything can be sanctified with prayer and thanksgiving. And so, you know, something like Noster, again, it's going to be imperfect. There's going to be ugly corners of it, but there's still a great, there's great elements to it that are very useful and helpful, especially for a number of specific Christian concerns. Um, and so the fact that something can be used or is being used for evil is not an indication that we should, you know, avoid it necessarily. Um, and so I think like we talked about, you know, this is something that will come with time. And as, as more resources come into the space, I mean, I mean, John, could you, what would be your, your estimate for how many people are working uh, on Nostra actively right now? I would guess there's about a hundred developers. Um, okay. Some of them are, you know, full time and have uh, complete clients built or relay software built, and then some people are just kind of playing around with it. But it's it's probably in the realm of one to two hundred people um, uh, yeah, developers, versus and then tens of thousands, you know, hundreds of thousands of <laughs> that are working on yeah some of these other, you know. So yeah, it makes sense. Yeah, Facebook's a huge company. Yeah, um, yeah but we're, we'll get there. Okay, so we've talked about, you talked about delete a little bit. So it's kind of this weird thing, right? Because delete is possible, uh, but it's it's not guaranteed. Um, can you kind of unpack like why that is? <laughs> like that, that might sound yeah. weird. I mean, to somebody who's just a normal social media user, they're thinking, why well, just delete? You know, why, what do you mean it's, it's possible, but not guaranteed? Yeah, delete is kind of funny. I, I think people worry about it more than they need to. Like, is this going to be a huge, uh, you know, um, deal breaker for people 
who are used to deleting stuff? Or is it something that people actually don't care that much about? Like, you don't really delete that often unless you're either acting in bad faith or you're just like editing a typo that you published accidentally. And there's other ways to handle that. So, um, but yeah, the, the reason delete is possible but not guaranteed is there is something in the protocol for deleting events. And so you can actually send those, send those events and they're, they're additional events and they go out into the network and they're, they're, uh, passed around just like everything else is. And then, uh, so those can be handled in one of two ways. Relays that receive those events can delete the content from their database. Um, and clients that receive those events can hide the content from, from their users. So doing a, making a delete request isn't, uh, completely meaningless, but it's also not a guarantee. Um, because you have you have already published your data to a bunch of different relays, yeah, and maybe those relays uh, never hear about your delete request, uh, or maybe they choose to ignore it, or maybe the clients that other people are using choose to ignore the delete request. Um, so it's basically like don't say anything you'll regret. You can delete things <laughs> later, um, but you know it's like it's like on Twitter, you know, you see a reply to something and then the parent comment has been deleted. Uh, you know that that person is embarrassed about what they said. Um, yeah. so I think not having guaranteed delete is like, is just a good way to, uh, remind people to, to have integrity and to be deliberate about what you say, uh, going back to, you know, our verse for this morning. Yeah. It, the, the, the situation I was thinking about though, or some of the situations that I'm thinking about though are times where I've posted something because I thought something was true and then I realized that it wasn't true or something. And so then I want to go and delete it so that other people aren't confused or something like that. So you can definitely see like yeah. you know, the the case for delete. Uh, <laughs> but um yeah, that's it it is interesting. It I have had it happen to me. Actually, I mean I'll tell this story. I, I had, there was a guy who worked for Unchained Capital who, what did he do? He he tweeted or, or like Noster posted uh, like, a, like a thread of this interview that he had supposedly done with um, Ray Dalio. He's a famous investor. He went back and forth and, and Ray in this interview ended up being more excited about Bitcoin than he had you know, previously been. And the last tweet or the last Noster message in this thread, he basically says that he, he interviewed, he asked chat GPT to pretend to be, uh, to answer as if he was Ray Dalio. And so it ended up not being true. And it was in the, I probably had my Noster account or my, my Domus account for, you know, I'd probably been on Noster for how long? Uh, maybe like a week or something. And Preston Pish, uh, reposted this, 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 you know, thread that I had retweeted from that or reset from this guy, reposted this guy who worked for, uh, you know, reputable guy who worked for Unchained Capital. And then we all found out that he, we didn't, we didn't make it all the way to the last thread. And, and so come to find out he hadn't actually interviewed Ray Dalio at all. And so I felt horrible. And then Preston was like, he didn't even, you know, he would, he felt horrible because he had, you know, said he wasn't mad at me or anything, but just the fact that this guy had abused, you know, in my mind, abused his his privilege of trust and uh, and fooled all these people into sharing his message was just awful. So, <laughs> yeah, that's so, embarrassing for sure. Yeah, I'm really, like, really hoping that we, you know, the the delete gets advanced. So, 
I feel like a, a better way to handle that is like a a delete with a comment, uh, right? Yeah. So instead of this thing is gone with no reason attached to it, you publish like an annotation and then clients show like, uh, here's the annotation, you know, here's what he said and here's his like apology for saying what he yeah. said. Sorry, I was wrong. This is not what it was. And then, you know, potentially the annotation could hide the original post so that it's deleted, but it's still like a placeholder. And you, yeah, it's like a retraction or something like what? Context. And that way it's not like continuing to like propagate through through the network and confuse people. And you can actually explain why it was that you deleted it. Um, because like a deletion, a deletion, I mean, we're going off on a tangent now, but a deletion is uh, is a is a retraction, but you can't retract anything that you've said. Well, well the only thing you can do is is do something new, is uh, create a new uh, a new event, uh, act in another way subsequent to your mistake, uh, in order to to fix it. So like that's how that's how mistakes are handled in real life. You know, you you pay yeah. restitution or you ask forgiveness or something like that. And um, I feel like it's a lot less jarring for for the reader. Um, uh, and yeah, you know, yeah. And you're acting in good faith there still, but, uh, uh, I think it could be improved, but just personal opinion and, sure. and uh, and it's important to, uh, making Nostra work. So, <laughs> yeah. And okay. So John, as far as we'll just finish one last little nugget, a little note on deletion. Um, you talked about how decide how privacy conscious you want to be, uh, because that's an element of this as well. You know, if you post a picture of your face, your real name, it's on there, you know, it could be on there forever. You're saying, yeah, that's that's probably the real sticking point because um, how privacy conscious you want to be depends on uh, what you understand about uh, about the threat of sharing information about yourself. Yeah. So, like one thing that do, that a lot of people don't realize is that photographs have metadata and mm-hmm. they can actually reveal your location. And criminals mm-hmm. have been uh, caught as a result of that. They post a picture of you know like their their uh, tons of drugs or whatever. And the picture has metadata that was not scrubbed and uh, the cops go and arrest the guy at his house. You know, that's a real scenario. And of course, for uh, like a regular person, it's not as big of a deal. But if, you know, you you don't want to post a picture of your kids with a timestamp and location on it where people um, just show up at your house. And this is like a real problem that exists on the Internet. I'm sure. Well, you know, I'm not sure. I don't think. Well, it, it it seems irresponsible for Twitter to not uh, uh, scrub posts, so I assume they do that. But I know in the past they did not, and that's how uh, these things kind of happened. Um, so on Noster, you're saying, you know, sorry, just real quick, you're saying Twitter can remove the metadata of of they could remove metadata yes. of photos that are uploaded. Okay, yeah, you can take that off, and you can just keep the keep the photo, and that's. That's like that's a good standard best practice uh, when posting okay. stuff to the internet is clients should be scrubbing that data. My client does, but um, you know you're not guaranteed that. Uh, you don't necessarily know unless you read the source code of any given client what metadata they include or what metadata they pull down. Um, so so like the that image metadata thing is is kind of avoidable, but it it still goes for using your real name or p- posting a picture of yourself. And what I like to do is I avoid using my real name, even though people know who I am. Um, I don't mind posting my my face. Uh, I don't I don't really see that as much of a threat. Um, but other people like to keep their face hidden. Um, 
but uh, you know, sharing sharing your address or something like that, or posting a picture of your kids or a picture of your house, uh, those things start to become a little bit more dangerous. Uh, yeah. And so, if there's no delete, you can't retroactively scrub that data. And so, you basically have to commit to sharing certain information forever. And this is true for Noster and true of legacy social media. It's just that with Facebook, when you delete something, they, you know, they actually, I'm pretty sure they keep, uh, keep the information you delete Are you on their servers. It's just not, they just don't publish it anymore. Um, it's, it's very hard to delete digital information, right? It, it ends yeah. up in backups that are, you know, on cassette tapes in a warehouse. Uh, yeah. so yeah, it, it's very hard to actually delete anything for real, especially if you don't control the infrastructure. So. Yeah. And so again, I mean, that you could, you could argue, I mean, that's, that's one challenge, right? That's one challenge or one, you know, potential, um, danger downside of, of technology more broadly, but you know, of, of Noster. And so let's get into some more challenges. Um, so I know really quick, let's, let's, uh, let's, let's back up a little quick, uh, a little bit. We've got a couple other, uh, uh, points here. So one thing I wanted to call out is that there are multiple clients and, you know, as a listener, maybe you don't even know what a client is, but a client is basically a piece of software that talks to, uh, talks to the network. So one common metaphor is uh, email, right? You can email someone from Gmail uh, and then send that to their, you know, Hotmail account or something like that. And so Noster is built with a whole bunch of different clients. And that's kind of one of Noster's big strengths. But the clients vary in quality and they vary in design and functionality. Yeah. So, you know, like uh, I write Coracle.social and it's a web client, um, but it's a little bit different, a little bit more experimental, um, whereas Domus or Amethyst or Snort would be a lot more of the Twitter uh, experience that you're used to. And then you've got a bunch of other clients like Lister.lol and uh, Zapster um, that do completely different things. Like Lister is for managing lists. Um and then there's also like agora.social is a kind of a topic following client. So if you if you get on Noster and you try a client and it's clunky or it's buggy or it just doesn't really do what you want, um, take a look at some other projects out there and try them out. And really, um, this is this is important to do if you're interested in understanding Noster because switching between clients is really how you understand um, experientially what is actually going on. Uh, with Noster and why it's special. Um, you know, this is this is how Jack Dorsey got interested. He tried Domus and he was like, okay, it's a alternative decentralized social media thing. That's nice. Um, but it was actually when he tried Coracle out um, that he understood uh, what was actually going on because he signed in with Coracle uh, with the same keys that he signed into Domus with and all of his information was already there. And that's when he, uh, I think, that's when he had the aha moment of wow, this is actually uh, a decentralized network and anyone can build on top of it. So that's a huge strength of Noster, but it's also a little bit bewildering when you get started. Um, yeah. We'll go through some client recommendations later on. Perfect. And then, then the, one, the one last comment I had too is, uh, you know, just like there's some bad content on there that you really don't want to see, there's also some content that's just not interesting to you. So right now there's a lot of Noster related content and Bitcoin related content um, to the point where people like to say that Noster is just for Bitcoiners, um, but it isn't. There's a lot of non-technical people on there too, um, and you can find them. And we'll have some tips for doing that later too. 
Great. Yeah, that's that's definitely. I mean, again, we ha- we have that borne out on our podcasts. I am I am not a technical person. I'm an I'm an aspiring technical person, but that is not my background. That is not my my strengths at all. And so that's you know I, I just I play around and just again. It's basically like walking around with your hands out in front of you and, you know, you run into things and by virtue of running into them, you're like, oh, okay, this is here. Um, and so, yeah, I, I think I think that'll be good to kind of talk through some of the the potential and some of the clients that are out there later. Um, but yeah. John, let's talk about some of the challenges. Um, obviously, as something that's so young, it's, you know, Noster's going to have all kinds of challenges. Um, but what are some what are some of your tips for getting over some of the common hurdles? Um, let's kind of start with key management. What would be your... If you were to unpack some of the issues there. Yeah. So last time we, we talked about some of these things in the abstract, but, uh, we'll get, we'll get, uh, uh, get into them here with actual solutions. So key management, you, you have a public key and you have a private key and the private key you want to keep secret. So what you can do is you can paste that private key from your password manager into every client that you sign into, but that's a bad idea because now every client can potentially pull your private key into their database and then impersonate you. Uh, you don't want mm-hmm. that to happen. Um, yeah. Right now, clients are you know really trustworthy and no one's doing that uh, that I've seen, but it's definitely a possibility. So don't do that. Instead, um, use a uh, a browser extension for web clients called um, called Albi. Albi allows you to store your private key with them, so you're sharing your private key with them. But then uh, Albi allows you to sign messages in any client, uh, or at least in any web client, um, using using like a browser extension. Um, they also do this thing called Noster Wallet Connect uh, and mm-hmm. Noster Connect that allow you to zap without clicking from uh, mobile apps as well. And then uh, finally, there's a new technology that's just kind of like getting started called NSEC Bunker um, by, uh, by a friend of mine, Pablo. Uh, he's, he, he pumps out all kinds of cool projects. Um, but this is a really cool one because you go to his, uh, his server, um, or you can host your own version of it. So you're not even sharing your key with anyone and you put your private key in there and then you go to the client and tell the client how to connect to your bunker. And the client then connects to your bunker. And then every time your client wants to sign a message on your behalf, it asks your bunker for permission to do that. And you can set up access controls and authentication and stuff sure. um, to allow, uh, you know, really selective uh, signing of uh, of your keys um, or uh, of events using your keys in your bunker. So those are those are that's a lot of information right there. But that's that's three different ways to uh, manage your keys. Best place to get started is Albi, and there's some tutorials out there. Okay, now you you also mentioned uh, Flamingo. What's what's Flamingo? Yeah, Flamingo is a as an extension like Albi. Um, it's it's uh, basically the same idea. The reason I don't recommend Flamingo is it asks every time you uh, want to sign a message, uh, which gets to be a little bit uh, yeah nagging. annoying. Um, yeah, yeah. I, I prefer to just say Albi, go ahead and sign whatever when I'm using this client, and then it just sure. goes. And then yeah, the client could sign messages for me um, if it's uh, that aren't like. Um, that aren't actually approved by me, but uh, you know that's a lot less of a danger than um, than uh, you know it having your actual private key. So right, Aldi is kind of my recommendation. 
Yeah. And, and at this point, I mean, that would be brand suicide, right? Like that would be, yeah. I mean, it yeah. would be. Yeah, absolutely. You know, if, if a client does that, if Thomas decides to just start sending messages to people, like they're going to immediately, people are going to run away from them. So they're incentivized to not do that. Um, okay. And then you mentioned, you've talked about some of the, the, the differences. What's the difference between trying to use Nostr on a mobile app versus Nostr on a web app? Like what's there? You've said, you've said that web is more secure. Can you kind of unpack that a little bit? Yeah. So, um, web is more secure from the perspective of key management, um, because you can put your keys in your, in your browser extension and, and just go. Um, but it, really it's, it's not exactly accurate to say it's more secure. The web has more vulnerabilities with it. So it's more likely uh, okay. that a client you're using on the web is going to get hacked in some way. Okay. Um, I mean, you know, if you're, if you're following best practices as a developer, that's, that's not really going to happen. So it's not really something to worry about. The reason that mobile apps are problematic is um, generally you paste your private key into it. That's the way it's yeah. been done. Um, but pretty soon now, uh, you know, um, I know that uh, some mobile apps already have support for Nostra Connect, which allows you to uh, okay. avoid it, it. Basically, you install a different app on your phone that holds your key. And then the Nostra app adds that, that app. other app. Uh, how to, to to sign things for it. I haven't actually played with that, so I don't have a lot of details on that. Uh, but likewise, NSEC Bunker is probably the best way to do it because you can okay. self-host your your server and it works with any um, any compliant uh, Nostra app. So that's so kind of the direction that I think things are going to go. Sure. But at this point, you're saying that might be a little technical for like somebody who's just getting started. Yeah, yeah. NSEC Bunker is not really ready for for a yeah. uh, regular user experience. Yeah. One of so I, I use Albi. I I use that to get set up, and it's pretty straightforward. Um, there's some good tutorials out there as well that we can link to. Uh, yeah, okay. if you're on a phone, uh, Kiwi is a good browser to use because Kiwi lets you okay. install extensions. So like mobile Chrome and Brave browser and stuff like that don't let you install extensions. But Kiwi lets you install Albi, so then you can use a web client yeah. on your phone without giving it your keys. Anyway, kind of complicated, um, but uh, yeah, web with extensions is the easiest way to get going. Well, that's awesome. I didn't even know about Kiwi. Um, yeah, Kiwi is really sweet. Yeah, and I, you know, I've got AdBlock, uh, UBlock, uh, or Origin on the on my mobile browser too. So yeah, it's neat. All right, so let's talk about selecting relays. What are some of the challenges there, John? Yeah, so right now relays are kind of following a Pareto principle of, uh, you know, like the biggest couple of relays have 80% of the notes on them, 80% of the connections, and then the smaller ones, you have this long tail of really small relays. And what that means is that relays are effectively a commodity. Um, they're fungible. Okay. So connecting to one relay instead of another doesn't make a lot of difference um except in terms of like how much computing power that relay server has um so right now selecting a relay is not that important you just want some relays that are online and are fast that's basically yep. all that really matters um long term i really hope to see relays differentiate uh okay. so that you know when you connect to a relay, you're not just getting a fire hose of random content, like, yeah. you know, just a bunch of Chinese content or spam or whatever. Um, when you connect to a relay, you should actually get something slightly more relevant than just whatever is on Noster. And this is important because of like technical scaling reasons. A single relay just can't serve the entire yeah. network. 
And so you don't even really want that. Um, but yeah, yeah right it, now it's kind of hard to select relays. Yeah, go ahead. No, I was just going to say, so just I'm trying to, trying to like picture this. So you're saying basically it's the difference between having one river that's just one giant channel and then a river that has like tributaries that kind of spread out and take that water to different places. That'd be kind of the, you know, kind of what you're describing, right? Yeah. And then you can flavor each river. Like this one's pineapple sure. flavored and this one's lime flavored. So you like lime, <laughs> go over there. That's yeah. kind of the idea. Okay. Um, but yeah, there's a lot that needs to be done in order to make that happen. So there, there are some projects. One thing that I just added to Coracle that um, will hopefully help is re relay reviews. So you can go to the relay page and you can leave a review on the relay and say like, this one uh, doesn't manage spam, so you probably don't want to use it. Or like, it seems like a lot of people who like horses connect to this one. Uh, so oh. if you like horses, come and connect to my relay and we'll talk about horses uh, on the cloud feed or whatever. So, um, but yeah, there's a lot of, there's a lot of work and a lot of it's kind of theoretical right now. So selecting relays, the most practical thing to do is just follow what the client that you join up with tells you to do. Um, yeah. Coracle selects some good defaults. Uh, most of the other clients just give you good defaults. Um, the most common relays are, uh, Domus, uh, relay.domus.io.com, uh, not sure. And then the snort snort relay. Um, and those, those are the most common because they're baked into the clients that, uh, that they're associated with. Um, sure. Coracle doesn't run a relay, uh, because I want, I want to push forward on the decentralization of the network and having a, having a relay coupled with a client is so, sort of a centralizing, um, yes. pressure. So, Mechanism. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I haven't done that, but uh, most most clients will set you up with with good defaults, and you don't really need to worry too much about it. And then, I, and John, to correct me if this is if this is less than best principles, one of the ways that I find relays is just by finding people who I I know and trust. Right, I just go and I can look at their relays, and then I follow some of the ones that you know are in there. Is is that good practice for people? It is, yeah. So if you go around, a lot of the time, uh, clients will show what relay a given note was seen on, and they'll also follow relay hints. So if you want to follow person A, uh, and person A is subscribed to relay X, but you're not, your, your client will often actually pull from relay X in order to make sure that they get that person's posts. And then your client will pull that stuff up, and you might see, like in Coracle, it's a little colored dot. So you can click on the dot. And it'll show you which relays were um, were serving that content to you. And then if it's if it's a relay that looks interesting, uh, it has an interesting description, or you just see it a lot of the time, or a lot of your friends are connected to it, you can then add that. Um, That's a but. Uh, and then another common question people have is, uh, how many relays should I add? Yeah. And you know, kind of the point of Noster is to have more than one. So yeah, uh, yeah add more than one. Um, but it's also poss possible to add too many relays. So if you have like yeah. 20 relays, you're you're opening up 20 WebSocket connections, which is really bad for your battery and also for data usage. So it's really common for people to add, you know, 20, 50 relays to their client, and then they run out of uh, mobile data <laughs> in like a day. <laughs> so, so don't do that. Uh, you know, a good rule of thumb, I think, is probably about six or seven. Uh, that's okay. about where I am. And I don't think I miss out on too much stuff. Um, you know, what you kind of want to do is like choose some of the big ones. So like 
Damas, or Snort, and then choose the rest of them based on uh, like basically how quickly they respond to your queries, um, and then kind of any special purpose things that you want. So uh, purple pages is a relay that doesn't have any content on it. It only has user profiles, but it aggressively looks for user profiles. So that, that connecting to that relay is really helpful for um, being able to find out who who a given person is and not just have like yeah. an empty circle for their profile picture. Um, another good relay is relay.nostra.band. And um, they're kind of another one of those really big relays that crawls the whole network and pulls everything in. But the thing that they offer that a lot of other relays don't is search. So, um, and that's that's another uh, common hurdle with Nostra is the thing I've seen most often is people set up an account and then they immediately immediately click on the search button and look for someone that they know. Um, and right now, not a lot of relays actually support that. So connecting to a relay that does uh, can help with your kind of searching experience. Yeah. And you, so you say like Nostra.directory can be helpful if you're moving from Twitter, which is where I would say the vast majority of people are probably moving to to Nostra from Twitter. And so you can you can use that to find people's um, you know profiles, whether they're verified or not. Yeah, searching is is kind of a, a, not the easiest way to find people. So uh, the best thing to do, in my opinion, is to um, you know if you, if it's possible, ask for someone's pub, public key, and you can do this in person really easily by just showing like a QR code and then scanning with a Nostra app. But yeah, Nostra directory is a super good tool for kind of bootstrapping your network on Nostra. You just go there and you put in your um, your handle on Twitter, and then it finds all of your all of the people that you follow on Twitter who have also verified their handle on Noster and you can just like bulk follow them all. I don't know if you picked up one of these in Miami, John, did you pick up one of these, these zap me buttons? I did. Yeah. Yeah. Those are fantastic. For those, if you can't, I think, yeah, everybody will be able to see this. Basically all you do is just, it uses NFC. You just hold your phone up to this and then it automatically loads your, your public key of whoever's, um, whoever's holding the thing. So that those are fantastic just to go around and get those from people. Um, yeah, those are super fun. Yeah, and then the other way, I mean, if there's people who, I'll just say, I mean, if there's people who you're looking for, you don't know their, um, their Nostra public key, you can look on Twitter. Um, if you, you can just search for it on Twitter as well. If there's people who you can't find it somewhere, just search for, you know, this person in NPUB or something like that, you know, type their, their handle and then the the letters NPUB and then hit enter and a lot of times you'll be able to find them. Um, yeah, it's really common for people to put their their public key on their Twitter profile too. Yep. Yeah, which is hilarious for poor Elon. Poor, yeah. poor, poor Elon, you know. <laughs> he just can't stop it. Yeah. Okay, well, so we talked about that as far as like, you know, people verifying. Can you talk about the verification process and how important is it uh, or isn't it to to get verified? Yeah, so there's this this concept on Noster called, uh, well, it's called NIP5 Handles, which is an awful name. But uh, <laughs> the basic idea is um, is not actually account verification. So it was originally invented because of kind of Twitter's blue check thing, where it's mm-hmm. like, yeah, this is the verified account. This is who you think it is. And so when you see this person's name with the blue check next to it, you know that you're actually talking to this person. Um, in practice, that's uh, super problematic. Uh, you yeah. know, it doesn't even work that well on Twitter. 
Uh, yeah. It's really easy to get duped by a good impersonator. Um, but on Noster, uh, because it's a decentralized system, verification doesn't mean anything. Because the way that it works is you verify that you own a record on a domain. So I'm a hodlebot at coracle.social. That means that I have a file that I serve on coracle.social that has my handle next to my pub key. And so when you look at my pub key, you can see, yes, uh, you know, this pub key matches the handle. And so we'll show the handle with a little check mark. Um, and that's, that's useful because I actually own coracle.social. Uh, so, you know, no one can impersonate me using that handle, but it'd be very easy for someone to do, you know, hodlebod at nosterplebs.com or something like that. Yeah. And they would have a check next to their name and their handle would be hodlebod and they would have yeah. my picture. And if you didn't pay super close attention, you would have no idea. So the best way to think about NIP5 handles is not as a verification, but as an address where people can find you. So mm -hmm. what you can do is kind of like flip things around. Like instead of being in a Nostra client and you see the verification like check mark, uh, like you're like, oh yeah, I know this is this public key is who I think it is. That doesn't really work. But what you can do is you can go to your Nostra client and have your friend tell them your handle. So I would just say, look up Hollowbot at Coracle.social. And then you go to a client, you type that into the search and it'll take you straight to my profile page. So that's another way really good way to get connected. Um, another nice thing about it is some some verification providers allow you to uh, set those handles up as email addresses. Yep. So you can just put yep. hodlebot at coracle.social on a business card and give it to people and, uh, and they can take that as a NIP5 handle or they can uh, just email you and then you'll get an, an email from them. So that's the really, I think, a really clean way to do it. Um, but yeah, it's not really verification. So just something to know. Yeah, no, that is good to know. Um, try to think, where do we go from here? Okay. So I think we're at the, unless you have any other hurdles, John, uh, we want to hop into things to try. Yeah, I think so. I, I can't think of anything else major. Um, but yeah, I mean, there, there are things that'll be confusing and, and new because none of the developers are professional user experience designers. Um, yeah. So yeah, poke around. If you get confused, just ask. Uh, people are always really happy to answer questions on Noster. So yeah, I, I'll just give a shout out to uh, Derek Ross. Uh, he's, he was fantastic for helping me when I first got on there. Uh, first got into on an Oster and Damas in particular. He was he just I'm sure he had a, a million people <laughs> who were also messaging him, but I just found him as somebody who seemed to know what he was doing. And and yeah, everyone who I've interacted with has been really. For the most part, quick to respond and eager to eager to help. So, I think yeah, Derek Ross is great. He's he's super helpful. He's always he's always reaching out to new new people. Uh, another person that does a lot of that is uh, Quiet Warrior. Um, Ooh. So yeah, uh, uh, both of them. Uh, yeah, Sir Sir Sleepy also. He's he's got a frog avatar. He's really really fr friendly. So yeah, lots of people out there. You can just just like at mention them and they'll talk. To yeah. And just so everybody knows, like we're gonna we're getting ready to we've talked about a bunch of stuff, a bunch of specific things, and you could probably I mean, you could pause the podcast and do that. But we're also gonna have in the show notes, we're gonna have a bunch of this information, um, things to try out, uh, you know, key management solutions, all those kind of things. So um, you should be able to be finding that right now as you're listening. Um, so yeah, John, let's hop into some uh, some of the clients that people can try. What are some of the we've talked about a number of them, but why don't you go ahead and, and list off a few? 
Yeah. So when people say clients, uh, usually what they mean is Twitter-like clients, because that's kind of where everything got started. And that's where all the most uh, mature clients are. Um, but there's constantly new kinds of clients coming out. And so um, if you if you don't like Twitter, there's there's something for you if you like any kind of social media at all. So just to get the Twitter likes out of the way, um, on iOS, uh, Domus is kind of the biggest one. It's the biggest one in general. Um, it's one of the earliest ones. It's one of the most mature ones. Um, and it's one of the most familiar ones. So, uh, and then they also just redesigned it. So, uh, I think it's going to be going to have an even better experience than it had before. So Domus is awesome. Uh, and then if you don't want to use Domus or you want to try something else, uh, NOS.social is also a Twitter client, uh, Twitter like Nostra client. Um, and it's a little bit, uh, more bare bones, but, um, I've played around with it and I, I like it a lot. Okay. Um, if you're on Android, there's Am Amethyst, which we've mentioned before. Um, and that this one's crazy. Like Vitor is, is the guy who writes it and he is, he comes up with a new release like every day. It's completely crazy. Holy cow. It's done. So Amethyst <laughs> is probably the most feature rich client. Um, I personally don't like it that much. It feels sort of cluttered and chaotic. I don't really understand what I'm looking at, but it is, uh, it is, it is the kitchen sink. Uh, and it works oh, well. Too. So, um, and then if you want a little bit more of a minimal experience, Plebster, um, Plebster.com is a, another Nostra client that's on, um, that's on Android, but it's also available on iOS and web recently. Oh, okay. So if you want the same client across all your devices, oh, um, that's a Plebster good. is a good choice. Uh, and it's, it's, a really basic, straightforward Twitter client, uh, Twitter-like client. So, um, and they work a lot on the UX. They they want this to be friendly for for newcomers. So, yep. uh, Plebster gets a gets a check check mark next to it. Um, so that's iOS and Android. Uh, if you're looking at desktop, there's not a lot of options uh, there yet. Um, but Gossip is a very good client. Um, it's made by a guy in Z New Zealand, Mike Dilger. And, uh, it's, uh, it's, uh, written in rust. Uh, so it's, it's fast. It's really, um, pretty sophisticated, very stable. So that's a good place to go. Um, I've heard nothing but good things about it. I haven't yet tried it. Uh, sorry, Mike. Um, but that's on, <laughs> that's on my list of things to do. <laughs> I'll probably do that right after we finish recording this podcast. Um, another, another desktop client is more speech. Uh, this one's kind of crazy. It's written by, uh, uncle Bob Martin, um, who is a, like, he's a, uh, design patterns and closure guy. So if you're a programmer, you've probably read some of his stuff. Um, and, uh, and so he's just like kind of, kind of plinking away at building, uh, building his own client enclosure. Um, it's, it's less familiar, um, but it has a lot of interesting idioms and stuff. So it's worth, worth looking at. Uh, if you want to kind of learn more about the protocol. Hmm. Um, okay. So that's desktop. And of course, on desktop, you can use a lot of these other things. You can use uh, you can use an, uh, an Android or an iOS emulator to run a mobile client on your desktop, or you can just use a web client as well. So the web clients uh, are my favorite. I'm, I'm personally not really an app guy. I have never downloaded the Twitter app. I've just always used the web version on my phone. Really? Um, yeah, I know, right? Like people say that people say like, whoa, you're, you're a psychopath. 
<laughs> I just don't like having a ton of apps on my phone. You know, apps apps also give you give uh give the publisher a lot more access to your phone. So really, you know, I, I like having them in a, in a box where I where I have control over them and I don't have like an app staring me in the face. The only apps I install are like, you know, um, like Bitcoin wallets, basically, yeah. <laughs> and web browsers. Yeah. I have I have three web browsers, four web browsers, five web browsers installed on my phone. I think I have five web browsers installed on my phone. One browser, two browsers, three browser, four. <laughs> yeah. So so yes, I am a psychopath. Uh, <laughs> okay. But, so, uh, so on the web, you have you have snort.social. Yep, that's the most uh, that's the most popular one. Um, it's a solid Twitter-like client. Um, Kieran, the author, just rewrote the back end, so it should be uh, a lot more stable and performant than it used to be. Um, another option is Iris.2. This client has actually been around for a super long time. Um, it's he originally wrote it uh, using uh, GunDB, which is a different decentralized technology, mm-hmm. and then he ported it over to Noster. Okay. So um, yeah, it's it's. It's pretty basic. It's a it's a Twitter like client. Uh, it's been around a long time. Um, and then you've got Coracle.social, of course, uh, which is mine. Coracle is a little bit more experimental, like I've mentioned. Um, it it does a little bit more to uh, kind of acquaint you with relays and what relays are doing than a lot of the other clients. Um, mm. But it, it's got a different design, so it, it's definitely a matter of taste. Some people like it a lot. Some people say it's their favorite. Some people are just like, "What is this?" Uh, so, but uh, but I'm still working on it. So hopefully it'll get better over time. Yep. Um, I I know there are other clients out there. Uh, let me just see if I can quickly pull up a list. There's there's a ton a ton a ton of clients out there. Um, yeah, those are the main ones that I'm aware of. Though uh, all these all these hamster, tribes, yeah, these tribes that are out there competing. Yeah, hamster astral uh, member dot cash blockstream notes. Yeah. Uh, these are all other Twitter like clients um, that are less popular, um, less less fully developed. Uh, Nozzle. Um, would you, I, I mean, I think you would, would you say that the, I mean, the, 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 having a multitude of clients serves the similar function as having like a multitude of states, you know, does where like certain states can try things and then the other states can learn from them. Is there, I mean, I'm guessing just practically that's how this works out, right? Yeah. Yeah, totally. Like everyone, I, I think the open source development, uh, approach is just so good for the end user because not only are you, do you do you have a whole bunch of different people trying these crazy ideas out, you know, it, as an individual, you can just take the risk, especially if you're doing it for fun. And most, sure. like probably all most your developers are doing it for fun. No one's doing it to make money or anything. Yeah. No one hates their <laughs> job. So everyone would just go and do something else. So you get all these really passionate people trying these things out. They they're taking on all the risk for you because they're, it's a passion project and they're, they don't lose anything if they, if their hobby project doesn't get a million users. Um, and then not only that, but most of them are open source. So you can just, uh, if you have a good idea, someone can look at the code and just rip your code off and put it in a different client. So it really, 
uh, fosters competition and it fosters a lot of collaboration as well. So like the Noster dev, uh, community is a really friendly community. Um, Mm -hmm. people, people work together all the time to, uh, just collaborate on stuff. So yeah, it's, it's super fun for developers and super good for the end user. Um, the thing we have yet to see is, is whether really professional level apps get built. Um, like for me, you know, that's just a really high bar and me personally on my own, I don't think I have the design skills to really bring it to that level. So I'll either need help with Coracle or it'll just be kind of an experimental client forever. There are some projects out there. Actually, one I forgot to mention is primal.net. Um, and they're, they're a really solid client. Uh, they have, um, they've approached it a little bit differently. They're, they're a for-profit company and they only recently open sourced their, uh, their client. Uh, oh. and they, they also haven't emphasized relay selection and stuff like that. Um, but it's, it's a very smooth, very easy to use, uh, very familiar, uh, experience. So, um, that's another easy one to get started with. Awesome. Okay. And so then we have, again, you, you've highlighted some, some other, uh, small apps that are built on Noster. Um, if you, you already get into some of those, yeah, no, let's let's get into those. So yeah, okay. so everything we've been so talking about. So yeah, unpack to me, unpack for me kind of what those are, because I don't even know. I've never even heard of some of these. Yeah, yeah. So um the other ones have been, you know, the the Twitter like clients. It's like this is social media as we're yeah. used to it. Um but all these other things are either like not even social media, but have Noster built in, or they're like a particular aspect of social media that isn't covered by the Twitter likes, right? So, um, can I share my screen? Yeah, so let's 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 do it. Um, nice. We're learning in real time right now. Yeah. So these are our notes. Uh, hopefully there's nothing incriminating in here. Um, but, uh, yeah. And, and if you're just listening to this in audio, I'll describe it. So, uh, no need to, to switch over to video or anything, but, uh, I figured I'd, um, go ahead and, uh, demonstrate them as I go along. So I'm just going to kind of go through the list and just have some fun. So we're looking at waveman.app and this is, um, not a Noster client, (laughs) It's it's integrated with Noster. You can sign in using NIP7, which is like the browser extension thing. Yep. But you can basically just play music um, on a uh, from a um, a different site called Zapster.live. Okay. And this is kind of a Spotify like client. Way. Oh, that's it's super cool. So, you know, you go through here and you can like turn on some music and listen to it. You can zap the author um, and you can also comment on it. So over on the right, there's a there's a chat uh, room so you can comment here. And that actually creates a Noster note that uh, that you can um, send to the to the Noster network. So that's a cool use case. Um, Let's see. So something a little bit more uh, familiar is going to be blow water. Blowwater is a uh, direct message direct message and chat client, um, right. which is not loading for me. Oh yeah, that's right. I broke it and I got it in like a bad state, so I'll clear the data. <laughs> there we go. 
So I'll sign in with Albi and you can see what that looks like. It's just a, a button click. And this has all of my direct messages um, and messages with strangers. Um, and it's going to load them up. So I'll close that window because there's, uh, uh, you know, my my private information there. Yeah, but, um, exactly. <laughs> but uh, oh. there we go. Um, so yeah, Blowwater is a really good option for direct messages. Like, you know, you've got direct messages built into Coracle, but Blowwater does a better job, honestly. So okay. um, we'll do feeds.nostra.band. This is another kind of micro app sort of thing. Okay. Um, Nostra.band has a bunch of search stuff, but you can also create feeds by giving Nostra.band like a, um, just like a list of uh topics to follow um there's also a tool for turning an rss feed into a social feed uh, um, cool. so that's kind of cool you can browse other um no so what here. what did you do with that john what would that do like you're turning an rss an rss yeah. feed into a social feed yeah so this this basically gives you a a new relay address feeds.nostra.band slash newster for example so we'll copy that url and then we can open up Coracle and if we go to our relays section we can join that relay or just open up that relay and we get a global feed of stuff that that relay publishes based on the um, how the user configured it so it's a way to create like virtual relays so that's kind of neat um, let's see what else we got lister.lol this is kind of more of a topic management um, oh no, sorry. This is, this is just a way to view and manage your lists. So if we go to Jeff G, um, he's got a bunch of lists and he, cause he works on this. So you can find yeah. lists of content creators, lists of Nostra devs. Um, oh, that's, and then you can just like click in to these and you can see their lists as well. Cool. What's that? Have you, is that, I saw Tony, is that Tony Giorgio? I'm not sure. Uh, Yeah. But uh, then you can also copy this person's public key and open that up in a regular um, regular client and start browsing their feed. Um, another similar one is Agora Social, and this is actually built on Coracle, and it's kind of a topic browsing um, client. Uh, so you can hit Discover, and you can find popular posts. Um, so that's kind of neat. Uh, Pinster.app is a Pinterest-like app built on Nostra. Really? Yeah. This is how we're trying to cross over and get more women into Nostra. This is over. <laughs> right. Yeah. I think there's probably seven really... of them total at this point. <laughs> yeah. Now there's, there's a good number. There's a good number of ladies. Um, I, I like this one, especially the Explorer is not very useful. Most people just have mute and bookmark lists. Okay. But um, uh, there are, let's see, friends, maybe um, there's, there's a lot of lists on here that are really interesting. So, so like, I'm not seeing it, but there's curated lists of, um, like a bunch of pictures of, uh, old cars. Someone just is really into trucks. So they just curate this list of, of cars and trucks. Okay. Um, we've got like Pablo has stuff to consider and then you can click on it and it'll open it up in Coracle and he's got a quote from something. 
Anger should never be wasted, and people should not just give in and let evil railroad them. Evil must be fought at every turn. It is our social responsibility. Let's go. So, so that's Pinster. And South that I mentioned. Yeah. Oh, dude, Pablo, he's the best. Uh, and um, and so I mentioned that 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 note was actually a quote from something. You can tell because uh, if you're watching the the screen here, there was a uh, a little border on the left in Coracle. And that is because Pablo did that with um, with highlighter.com. And this is probably the most interesting client on Noster right now. Um, it's basically a client that is a, it's like a, no, uh, a Notion alternative. Mm-hmm. So okay. instead of a social client, it's actual notes. So like laundry and Mac and matching socks is a note that's showing up on here. This is, um, wait, you did, is this something that you made or no? No, this is Pablo's project. Oh, it's Pablo's. Okay. Gotcha. Yeah. So it's, it's kind of this, this really weird hybrid. It's like a personal knowledge management system. Um, and so you have just like notes like you would on notion or whatever, but you also have highlights. So if you go to the most highlighted tab here, you've got a bunch of articles that, um, have highlights so you can open up the article and then it shows you what has been highlighted by someone else. Huh. And then it shows shows those highlights over on the right-hand side. And, you know, ideas like this have been tried in the past where you install an extension and you highlight stuff on a website and then like leave a comment. But with Noster, that idea might actually become reality. Um, yeah. So it's making me think of like Kindle where you, you know, if you're reading a Kindle book yeah. and see, you know, Passages that have been most highlighted by other people. Yeah, exactly. So um, highlighter is super cool. Uh, let's see. I've got a couple couple more. Um, no spin is neat. No spin <laughs> allows you to... It, it's like a paste bin, but it's hosted on Noster. So that's pretty straightforward. Noster Nests is uh, not tightly integrated with Noster, but you can sign in. Um, and... Uh, actually, you can't sign in. They're working on it. <laughs> you will be able to sign in soon. But Nostra Nests is actually a audio. It's yeah. like a it's Twitter like a Spaces. Twitter Spaces alternative. Um, Shout so, out to those guys. Let's man. see. Yeah, Nostra.watch is good. It's a directory of relays. Um, so it'll open up and it'll try to connect to all the all known relays in the network and tell you the connection speed and all that kind of thing. So you can wow. find relays that way. Um, let's see, you've got Nadar tells you what relays have heard about a particular post. So you can put your event ID in there. Um, and then let's see, another one is, uh, live.snort.social, which is not a, uh, it's not a Noster client exactly, but it's kind of a live streaming thing that's integrated with Noster. So your chat, um, is integrated with Noster. So anyway, that is a laundry list of, uh, of other clients that are built on Noster that are not your Twitter clients, but are doing something slightly different. And I'm just like absolutely scratching the surface here. There's an awesome Noster project here. And if you can see my screen, um, there are hundreds of projects oh my word. Uh, yeah. that are available and open source, um, just, you know, lots of libraries. If you want to build something on Noster, 
bridges and gateways between, you know, Mastodon or um, uh, what is it? Uh, Minds.com. Yep. Um, and all kinds of tools. Just to me, if somebody wanted to build their own, you could just kind of, you know, basically copy and paste the code and then, you know, work on building building your own. Yeah, it's super, super easy. A lot of these Nostra clients are uh, front-end only. And so, you know, you could clone Oracle. And if you know what you're doing, you could have it running in about 10 minutes. And then you could just start changing it uh, from there. So, yeah, super easy to build your own if you have some development experience. Time to be lose you. Can you hear me? I can hear you. Okay, sorry. You cut out there a little bit at the end. Um, okay. John, thank you so much for, for putting together that list. Um, the, the one, the one last thing I wanted to just touch on before we go out of here was kind of what, what's your, what's been like kind of your, your favorite aspect of Noster? Um, yeah. Which, which of these are you, I mean, you're working on Coracle, so I'm get I'm imagining <laughs> that's yeah, pretty high in your list, but, but yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think the most interesting thing is highlighter, um, by, by Pablo. That is that is a super interesting, he's, he's pushing the boundaries on, on Noster a ton, but yeah, I mean, I think the favorite, my favorite part of Noster is just the people on it, you know, yeah. on Twitter, you argue with people, you doom scroll, you dunk on people, yeah. um, you get misinformation or you get censored information. Um, but it's very, it's very like, it's very political. Um, yes. On Twitter, and then you know, Facebook is is just all ads, basically. And you cut out that noise, um, and you get just a bunch of nice people. Um, you know, like there's, creativity there's trolls, pure creative. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There, there's trolls and stuff on Noster, but like even the trolls are kind of good natured, actually, <laughs> <laughs> uh, which is a weird experience. Um, but yeah, like, uh, and of course, this is not like exactly a Nostra thing. This this happens with new social networks. There's kind of this like honeymoon period where it's small enough that you only get really nice, interesting people yeah. on there. Yeah. Um, but you know, hopefully, uh, Nostra will go a long way towards allowing you to stay in touch with those people and you know, allowing you to avoid the trolls as well. So yeah, that's my favorite part is just. Um, being on there and seeing people building and um, helping each other out. You know, there was, there was someone who lost a spouse on Noster uh, shortly before the the conference in March. Oh. And um, like people zapped them uh, like half a Bitcoin or something like oh that. Oh my gosh, man. Um, just the, the financial and uh, just personal support that uh, was, was going on was, not something you see anywhere else except in really tight knit uh, communities. So, yeah. yeah, it's been super fun to watch. How about you, Jordan? Yeah. I I want to know as as someone who is not immersed in Noster all the time, what is your favorite part? Yeah, no, again, my favorite part is just again part of what came out in this episode is is just learning more about how the internet works and how just apps work and. Again, I, I studied philosophy in college, so figuring out and understanding the the different the different philosophical, um, you know, motivations and just like questions and and choices that people make and that different platforms have made uh, is just really fascinating to me, and it's helpful again for understanding technology more broadly. Um, and so I think for me, that's been again, I feel like I understand Bitcoin better because I've had you know as I've studied and tried to understand Noster. Um, I've understood again the internet more broadly, um, 
yeah, there's just a, a bunch of ways. So for me, it's this, it's this totally foreign place uh, that the more that I spend time there and, and try to wrap my head around what's going on there, I, I, you know, benefit from it. So I think that's probably for me, at least to this point, I haven't had as many uh, one-on-one interactions with, you know, physically with members of the Nostra community as you have. Um, other than you, again, we, we met in Miami as we, as we mentioned, and, you know, I, I re- appreciate you a lot. So <laughs> I, I have a, a pretty good, uh, pretty good hit rate at this point, but uh, I'm looking forward to hopefully in, in the coming year to meeting more members of the Nostra community. Um, yeah. Are you coming to, uh, you coming to Nostra Asia in Tokyo? I, I am not coming to Nostra Asia. I have a, I have a bunch of things, uh, on the, on the calendar through the end of the year. But I am hopeful for the year after that. Lord willing, I'll be able to get to at least one dedicated Nostra event. Um, I might, I might be able to make it to uh, if there's an if there's something in like a, a Bitcoin park in in Nashville. If there's some sort of dedicated Nostra event, uh, I might be able to make it to something smaller like that this year. But uh, but as far I know, as there will be a events. There will be a Nostra side conference at the Bitcoin conference next year for sure. Perfect. And, yeah. Uh, so there's also. Noster, uh, like a, uh, there's a Bitcoin thing, Bitcoin jungle in Costa Rica in January, and there's going to be okay. a Noster part to that. And then okay. someone is also talking about doing a Noster Morocco in uh, April next year. Holy so, cow. Lots of- Are there a bunch of Noster devs in Morocco? No. No, it's just, okay. It just I, don't, I don't think so. I don't know of anyone who's in Morocco. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, it's a cool place. I'd definitely love to go. Sure. Yeah, yeah. Well, cool. So, John, why don't we just get a, do you, you want to give people kind of a taste of what's what's going to be on the next episode? Yeah. So these first six episodes have been sort of uh, an introduction to Noster for Christians and sort of some philosophizing about why social media matters uh, from a Christian perspective. And uh, we kind of wanted to cover all the bases, uh, kind of lay the groundwork for for this podcast and for just the concept of like a Christian understanding of Noster and appreciation for it. Um, But going forward, we're going to do hopefully a little bit more interesting uh, conversational stuff. We're going to read some books. Uh, Right now we are working on on, um, James Poulos's Human Forever book. And uh, if he'll let us, uh, we'll even have him on the podcast. So we'll have some guests. We'll have some Noster developers. We'll have uh, Christians and pastors uh, on the podcast and, uh, We'll talk more about um, social media, uh, Nostra itself, uh, about authoritarianism, about missions, uh, all that kind of stuff. So should be a lot of fun. Awesome. All right, John, appreciate you, man. And again, to everyone who's listening, we appreciate you guys as well. And we look forward to the next episode with you. All right. Yeah, you too. Thanks, Jordan. All right. Take care.